Welcome to the kickoff of a series we're calling Legacy. Uh, we did this last year, we're doing it again this year, but today is Vision Weekend. We are so full of vision and ready for all that God has for us. Come on, how many excited for the future of what God has for OSC and where we're going? And, uh, and so welcome, glad that you're here. I, I want you to do this. You should have received um, uh, a little note card when you walked in the doors today. Can you just pull that out real quick? Wave it at me real quick. You're gonna need a pen. If you don't have a pen, there should hopefully be someone uh, a pen maybe around you or, you know, just prick your finger and do blood, however that works for you. Uh, <laughs> but I, I want you to, we're going to do a little exercise to kick off this series and I want you to participate with me. I want you right there somewhere on your, on your, on your note card, I want you to write down the name of one, let's go to three, one to three. You can do one if you want, you can do up to three people that have impacted your life the most, okay? So go ahead, right now, if you're doing this online, you can, you can comment below in Facebook. Who's impacted you the most? Even tag them if they're still alive, maybe. So write down the name of someone, one to three people that have impacted your life the most, okay? Go ahead and write those, those names down. If you got it, say, I got it. Got it. Okay, if, if not, say, hold up. Okay, all right. Oh, y'all the, y'all the slow ones in the class. Okay, so, all right, here we go. So this is what we're going to do. I want you, beside their names, I want you now to write down a word that would describe their impact in your life. What is it that made the biggest impact in your life? So, like, I'll, I'll give you, for example, like, um, my grandfather was a really significant impact in my life, um, and, and so I wrote beside him, generosity. I learned about what it is to be a generous man for my grandfather. He, he taught me how to just give things away and to be a blessing. Maybe, um, I, I don't know what it is for you, but just write down what, what is the word or words that would describe that person, okay? All right, everybody got it? So now, this is what I want you to do. Now I want you to write your name, okay? Just write your name somewhere on that note card. That way, when you leave it after, we can call you and let you know, no, I'm joking. So. This is what I want you to write, write, I want you to write down. Now, here's what I want you to think about, okay? What are the most significant people that are in your life going to fill in to say about you? Um, Oh, (laughs) Mm. I want you to think about that. The most significant people that are in your life, when they write down your name, what do you want them to say next to yours? Maybe it's faith, maybe it's hope, maybe it's generosity, compassionate, maybe giving, selfless. I, I don't know, but here's, everybody follow along with me. That's legacy. That's legacy. And so we're talking about the legacy series today, and I, and I want to give you a working definition of legacy. This is what legacy is, ready? Legacy is the future without you, but still influenced by you. Legacy is the future without you, but still influenced by you. How many wrote down a name of someone who is passed away? Raise your hand if you wrote down someone who has passed away. Okay. How many wrote down the name of someone who's still alive? Raise your hand. It's still, okay. Yeah. So uh, a good bit of people in both of those. So there are people that are in our lives that are making an impact. Now, I, I want to I give you some, some examples. Men and women all throughout that have made impacts. Now, we could stay here all day and share countless stories, but I'm going to give you four of them, four different people. Let me show you the first one. First person, what's this, this guy's name? Martin Luther King Jr., man who fought against injustice when it comes to racial discrimination, a man who had one of the, the greatest speeches, I have a dream, 
A man who, who saw that there would come a day where whites and blacks would no longer be segregated, but they would be together. They would be working together, loving together, being together. Come on, worshiping together in a house. This is what a man said, and this is what he saw. This is a man who had a vision for us. We're, we're walking in a lot of what this man did to stand up for the injustices. Let me show you another person. Anybody know who this one is? <clears throat> All right. Someone said Gandhi in the first service. Like, no. Mm-mm. They were from Lake Arthur. So, um, so. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. Just but they are from Lake Arthur, but I was just kidding, okay. So, yeah, this is Mother, <laughs> they're both old, they're both old, okay, so I'll give them that, maybe they didn't have glasses on. This is Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, as many of you know, was a, was an, a woman who stood up for the injustices of children, who stood up for the injustices of lepers, who stood up for the disenfranchised, lived a lot of her years in Calcutta, India, um, won the Nobel Peace Prize, simple woman, very simple woman, but made one of the most incredible impacts, not only in India, but of course in the entire world, because we're here in Jennings today and we know who this woman is. Let me, let me show you another one. How many know who this guy is? Steve Jobs. This is Steve Jobs. Probably over half of you in here probably have some kind of device on you that was the maker of this man the visionary of this guy who revolutionized technology in so many different ways because of his ability to think through technology and a lot of us are being impacted by that today. Let me show you another one. You may or may not know this guy. This guy by the name of William Tyndale. William Tyndale has an incredible legacy and you should be extremely thankful for him. Let me tell you why. He's the man who converted and translated the Bible from Greek and Hebrew to English. Come on, how many thankful for William Tyndale today? Okay, we have, we have an English version of the Bible today for, for, from William Tyndale. And so I want you to write this down. Everyone leaves a legacy. Everyone leaves a legacy. Every person in this room is going to leave some type of legacy. I will and you will. We're all gonna leave a legacy. But I want to read a passage of scripture that I would pray would hopefully um, be a scripture that people could use to describe our lives one day when we have passed. Watch what Psalm says it this way. Psalm says it, 112, light shines in the darkness for the godly. Now everybody help me with these blue words here. They are and, and those are some good ones right there. They're generous and compassionate and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Watch what the next verse says. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be what? Long remembered. They, I love this, they do not fear bad news. For they confidently trust the Lord cares for them. Come on, how many want that said for you? That, that they do not fear bad news. That they confidently trust in the Lord. Now watch verse eight. They are confident and, and they're fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. This is such an incredible description of a man or a woman who lives righteous, godly. That we would have these words. If we could put our name there and Hopefully someday someone would put, they confidently trusted in the Lord. They were generous. They were compassionate. They were righteous. They were godly. I want you to hear me on this. Whatever we live for is what you will be remembered for. 
I'll say that again. Whatever you live for, you will be remembered for. So as a pastor, Pastor Bubba and I, you know, do uh, our fair share of funerals every year. And, and I'm going to tell you, I can find out very quickly what people have lived for. It's because it's what their family talks about when they talk about them. So, you know, I've heard everything from, you know, oh, he loved the saints or loved LSU. I've heard everything from, you know, he loved his job. He, he worked a lot. He was a great, great provider. The sad thing is, is most of the times the funerals that I do, I don't hear words like, they were godly, righteous, generous. Those are words that we would want to describe all of us. And I'm, I'm here to tell, you, to tell you, when we talk about legacy, if you don't define what your life will be, your problems will define them for you. Because oftentimes what I hear from people is what their problems were. He was an alcoholic. He was struggling with this. He was this. She was, she was struggling. So if you don't define what your life will be, your problems will. Your problems will define it. And so legacy is all about us being able to define what our life is going to be all about. And we want to make sure, how many of you agree with me, that your legacy is one that your grandkids love, that your great-grandkids love, that your kids love. This is what it's all about. But in order to understand legacy and for, in order for us to understand what it is, we've got to start with God's vision for our life. God has a vision for your life, and you've got to see it very clearly. So let me give you what a vision is. So today's vision weekend, let me give you vision. Let me give you a definition of what is a vision. Here we go. A vision is a clear picture of a preferable future. It's a clear picture of a preferable future. Vision allows you uh, to begin to prepare for what you're going to build for, what you're going to believe for. When God puts a vision inside of your life, when God puts a vision inside of your heart, Hopefully, one of the things that you start doing is you start preparing for it. You start planning for it. I think about um, all, the, all the mamas that are in here. When you, when you had your first baby or you were about to, when you found out you were pregnant, okay? So you, all of a sudden, when you found out you were pregnant, you had a time clock, right? There was a countdown. The final count. Okay, it's coming. You're thinking about, you know, oh, I can't wait to hold this baby. Your husband's thinking about, I can't wait to lose all this sleep. And so... Um, Come on, and, and how many know one of the things you start doing, if you've never had, this is your first child, you start preparing, right? You start getting everything going. You, you start getting every diaper that you can. You start throwing diaper showers. And you start throwing all these things. You start getting a room ready. You know, you get it all painted, get the furniture in. Why? Because you have a vision of what's to come. It's coming. It's not here yet. It's coming, but you're preparing for it. You're planning for it. This is what God has called us as men and women of God, that God gives us a vision for our lives and we have to prepare and we have to plan for it. But if you don't see what God's vision is for your life, you'll be confused. Actually, scripture says it this way. Watch what scripture says in Proverbs. It says, if people, everybody say those two words. If they can't what? If they can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. That when you don't see what God's doing, when you don't see God's plan for your life, when you don't see the path that God is bringing you on, we can stumble all over the place. And I love what it says. But when they attend to what he reveals, when we are doing the things that God shows us, they are most blessed. Come on, how many in here say, I want the blessings of God on my life? Okay, listen, if you want the blessings of God on your life, you need to see what God sees. 
And God sees something for you. God sees something for, for me. God sees something for us as a church. So one of the things that we talk about often here at the church is that our jobs as pastors is we're kind of like spiritual tour guides. We're, we're bringing you along the journey, along the path of what we know that God has called every person from the Old Testament to the New Testament. You can see the destinations and the, and the process that God brings people through. It's the same thing from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And so we've, we've summed it all up into four. Now, I love Jesus because one of the things that Jesus does is Jesus takes very complex things and he makes them very simple. So when Jesus showed up on the scene, there were 614 commands. That's a lot of commands. And Jesus shows up on the scene and they're like, which one's the greatest? And he's like, I'll tell you what, forget the 614, let me give you two, okay? Let me give you two. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And anybody know the other one? Love your neighbor as yourself. And he took it and he made it really, really simple. And I think a lot of churches have made following Jesus very complicated. It is not. It is extremely simple. Now, it's, it's not the easiest, but it is simple. So God's vision for your life is the same for all of us in certain areas when it comes to our relationship with God. So let me give you the four. You're going to know these if you've been here long enough. We got it everywhere. We got it on websites. We got it on walls. We got it on brochures. It's everywhere because we want to make it very clear. First thing is for you too. Anybody know? No. Know God. I want you to know God. Not that you like know God because you go to church, but like you know God personally. Like, like God is speaking to you. You can hear God. You can speak to God. How many of you were raised in, in, uh, in, in your upbringing going to church? Like your, your family went to church. Yeah, majority of us probably had some kind of upbringing. Here's the crazy part of it, though. A lot of people were raised in church and know about God. They just still don't know God, though. Because, listen, I know the president, but the president don't know me. And a lot of people are like that when it comes to God. They know about God. They know about the word of God. They know, they know who he is, but they really don't know him. Were you, if you were to ask them, what has God been speaking to you lately? They would look confused. And so our heart from the very beginning is to create a place and environments for you to know God, for your kids to experience God. Like, like your kids are not just getting crackers and running around. They are doing a little of that. But they're also learning about how much Jesus loves them, and they're having an encounter with God. On Wednesday nights with your youth, they're not just coming and hanging out. Come on, how many know they need an encounter with God? We want to have an encounter. Come on, how many know we come on Sunday not to just talk about God? We want to experience God and meet God here today. So we want to know God. Once you begin to know God, then we want to find freedom. We want to find freedom. This is where now that we're coming to know God, how many know now things got to change? How many when you got married? When you got married, you, you, didn't really, you knew each other, but how many know when you got married and you started living together, like you knew each other? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like that's a, whole nother, that's a whole nother level. And then on top of that, then you saw all their dysfunction, and they saw all of yours. And then the process of sanctification starts happening, which is, <laughs> why is the toilet seat not down? Why can't you put your clothes in the hamper? What's going on? Okay, so the process of, of our wives grooming us <laughs> begins. Don't wear that. Don't wear that. God, when he begins to start knowing us and we begin to start knowing him, God starts doing an inward transformation. 
He starts dealing with the hurts and the habits and the hangups in our lives. Because how many know you can love God and go to church and still be filled with bitterness? You can love God and be going to heaven and still be dealing with anger. How many know just because you gave your heart to the Lord doesn't mean on Monday you still ain't going to struggle? Because, you, you know, you came to church and you gave your heart to the Lord and then Monday you still want to kill your husband. God, what do I do here? Well, God says, okay, let's deal with this. Let's help you find some freedom in your life. And so for us, the way that we help people find freedom is we, we get into life groups. You'll hear us talk about life groups all the time, that you get into a small group, because here's the deal. The truth is, when you walk into a church like this on a Sunday morning, you're probably not sharing all of the intimate things you're struggling with. But you need to be in a place where you can share those things, where you can pull the mask off a little bit and go, hey, this is a little bit of what's going on, and people can know you, and people can love you, and people can help you, and people can, can begin to get into your marriage to help it get flourishing. How many of you in here have taken the one-year challenge and you've, you've started coming for a year and God's radically started changing your life? Raise your hand if you're all, you're all in here. So come on, let's give Jesus some praise for what he's done. If you, we tell this all the time, I, I say this all the time, just give us a year. Just go all in. When you're here in, in, in the city, come to church on Sunday. Get in, a, get in a life group. Get in next step. Get in on dream team. Just, just get in. Get involved because I'm telling you, your life's going to radically start changing as long as you stay connected, and God begins to find freedom. Go through freedom. Can I get an amen from somebody? In this? Come on, how many are excited for freedom? Coming up in a month. It's going to be good. All right, let me give you the third thing. Now, here's, here's the deal. Once God starts healing the habits, and he starts healing the wounds, and he starts healing the hurts, because right now, all you're looking through is your hurts and your habits. As soon as he starts healing those things, you get to start really doing some really fun stuff, which is you get to start discovering your purpose. And when you start discovering your purpose, you, you start answering some big questions that are in your heart. The two biggest questions that you and I need to answer in life, and the two biggest days, well, let me just put this, the two biggest days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. Everybody's got the first one. Not a lot of people understand the second one. There, there's 90% of Christians that don't understand their spiritual gifts don't understand their passions, don't understand, and are not using them fully to what God's called them to do. So we've created Next Step as a place for you to get connected, not only into spiritual family, but for you to begin to discover what God's put inside of you. We help you. We want to help you learn what God has put in you. He's put something in you that he wants to use. And so, hey, by the way, guess what today is? Step one, next step happens right after this service at 11.15. And you can go, oh, I didn't sign up. You don't have to, just show up. It's one hour. I, I promise you, it's worth one hour for you to discover why God's made you. Amen. Which leads to the next thing, because after you discover what your purpose is, then you get to do the funnest part, which is you get to make a difference. Which is you get to make a difference. And this is the ultimate place where God has called us is to make a difference. This is why we talk about people on our dream teams that are serving and giving, giving themselves to doing something bigger than themselves. God has wired you to make a difference. He's called you to make a difference. And until you really make a difference, you'll always be frustrated in life because you know God's called you for something so much bigger. God's called us to make a difference. And that's what this series is all about. Legacy is all about the fourth part. It's all about how do we as a church make a difference? How do we as a church know what God's called us to do? And by the way, that's a great question because when we talk about vision, we know that the church has a vision, but God's also got a vision for you. So here's the question we all ask. How do I know 
if the vision that God's given me, the burdens God's put on my heart, how do I know if it's me or how do I know if it's God? Let me give you three questions, three, three things that you can, you can ask to help you. Here we go. Number one is God's vision is always bigger than me. It's always bigger than me. Anytime you're wondering like, oh, I don't know, is this God or not? Here's the question. Is it bigger than you? If it's bigger than you, then it's probably a yes. Ephesians 3.20 says it this way. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly more than we can ask or think according to the power that is with working who? Within us. So is it bigger than me? Let me give you the second one. God's vision is impossible to accomplish without his help. Without his help. Let, let me put it this way. If what God has called you to do doesn't scare you a little, it's not big enough. It should scare you a little. There should be something like God's telling you, step out and go do this. And you're like, I don't want to. That's usually God. Here's how I know. God's best is usually outside of our comfort zone. So God says, get in a life group. You're like, uh-uh, I don't like people. Exactly. Get in it. Get in one. You need to go serve and help and be a part of things. Well, I don't want to do that. I, I, I got stuff to do. Now, listen, when you do that, you step out of your comfort zone, and God starts growing you. God starts doing bigger things in you, which leads to number three, that God's vision is compelling, meaning you, you can't sleep at night. You, you wake up thinking about it. You go to bed thinking about it. It's, it's attracting to you. It's captivating to you. And so God not only has a vision for your life, but God also has a vision for your family. And God has a vision for this spiritual family. And so today on Vision Weekend, we have some really exciting things that we feel like God's called us as a vision for our church as we move forward into the next 20 years. I don't know if y'all know this. January, we celebrate 20 years as a church. 20 years. Hey, we're not teenagers anymore. And so, so exciting. But how many believe the next 20, uh, the best is yet to come? And so today, uh, we're going to share with you, I had the honor this week, Pastor Bubba and I sat down and just kind of reminisced a little bit about what God's done over these last 20 years, and then sharing a little bit of what, where God's bringing us. And so, um, check it out. Hey, OSC family, Pastor Josh here alongside Pastor Bubba, and we are so excited to be kicking off Vision Sunday is today along with kicking off our legacy, legacy. series. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so you tell know, us a little bit about legacy. I mean, we're coming up on 20, 20 years. years. Wow. Yeah, 20 years. Uh, we actually started 20 years ago on Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. third week of January. And, you know, it's amazing what God's done, Pastor Josh. I mean, you remember that first service at the Holiday Inn. We yep. had 19 people there, and uh, we were just so excited. And then, you know, then we got to about a year and a half journey, tearing down, setting up. And then we came, and we found this property, and God just miraculously provided for us in yeah. six and a half weeks. And we started out debt-free, yep. and uh, it was just so so amazing and then then you see that all of that started now we have three campuses about 1500 people meeting on the weekends between the three campuses and yeah, it's just it's amazing when you think about the last 20 years if you think back 20 years ago did you see all this 
I had other people tell me about it. I saw things. I, what I really prayed for, and you know this, without anybody knowing, I prayed that God would give us a tithe of the city. Mm. And just to see what God has been doing these last yeah. few years. And, and we're actually living in that right now, yeah. Pastor Josh. And it, it is beyond what we thought. But we knew that God sent us here yeah. with his blessing and his hand and his favor. And uh, we're just excited. I remember that time you and I went to that conference and we go, man, we did everything wrong. They told us Wait, how to grow exactly. Church. It's <laughs> yeah. all God. And then we go, we ain't that smart. And we knew it was all God. It's true. So, yeah. It's true. So when you look back at the last 20 years, what do you think of, like, how do you feel about all that? Like, what are you grateful for as you look at what God's done? First of all, I have to say I'm grateful for my wife and my family and my children. Made them make that trip to come from Broussard to here. Yeah. And then for you to come and this partner. And then I asked you to pray. Yeah. If this is where God wanted you to be. And you came back and said, God told me this where I'm supposed to be. And so I'm thankful for that, but I'm also thankful for the people that have been faithful throughout the years. When you think about legacy, it's the series we're kicking off today. Mm -hmm. What do you want your legacy to be? Uh, you know, I want my legacy to be that I love my wife, mm. that I love mm. the people, but also that we came to make a difference and reaching people, building lives. That means that we came to build God's kingdom and not our own. Now, we're shooting a, a video today because we kind of have some historic things that are about to happen take yeah. place in our church. So you want to share a little bit sure. of what's happening there? Well, just to let people know that... Um, Actually, we're going to pass the torch to Pastor Josh and, and Lindsay uh, Belt to be the senior pastors. And it's time. Hmm. It's not because I've had cancer, but it's been, it's just time. And we're still pastoring the people, but it's more of like I'm founding pastor or father of the house, yeah. however you want to put it. And uh, we're here to minister. I'm here to, to still minister at the churches as needed. Yeah. And uh, I'm still young. Come on. Don't, don't. You are. Yeah. I'm still young. And <laughs> And it gives it actually gives Tracy and I an opportunity to travel and some of the no, connections we've made through other pastors and other ministries around the world. Why now? Well, you know, you and I were talking about Sonia you know, I was reading a book about uh, just why churches get sick, why they die. Yeah. And it gets centered around a person. And we've never wanted to do that. It's now because we know that to go forward, you yeah. got to know when your time is to step into another level. Mm -hmm. And that's where Tracy and I are at. We know it's time, mm -hmm. and it's time for y'all. My desire is to, to uh, train leaders, help be yeah. along the side. I'm, I want to be the biggest cheerleader at this church. And, uh, you know, we we came and we started it, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we can't cheerlead. And, and you know, my privilege is to see you as a son of a son in the house, and, yeah. you know, my spiritual son. To, I want your, your success is my success. Yeah. And my success is your success. Yeah. Some people go, well, Pastor Bob, I'm gonna, Pastor, we miss you. And I said, well, if you miss me, this is how you love me. If you love Josh. Mm. If you can love Pastor Josh, then you love me. Mm. And it goes vice versa. Just want to say thank you for the last decade of a lot of what we're experiencing as a church right now is because of the faithful 
plowing and sowing and a lot of behind the scenes that you and Ms. Tracy have done and the sacrifices that you and your family have made, I think we're reaping, we're standing on the, on your shoulders. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, I, I, I think, think our best days are ahead of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And talking about that, <laughs> we, we, we haven't even gotten into future things now because mm. now, I mean, a lot of what legacy is, is us not just celebrating the past, but also looking to the future and where we're going and what we feel God's calling us to do. And I know we have some really exciting things coming uh, for all of our campuses right now. And so uh, we've seen God do a lot here in Jennings. Of course, last year we did Legacy for the first time, believing God for uh, $250,000 to build our kids' building. And through the generosity of our people and the faithfulness of God, we built a kids' building debt-free. Come on. And which is the best. I mean, just I'm thinking about last month, we saw 23 kids get baptized right here in, in the Jennings. children's church. Not just, just, just kids. Kids kids only. Because people are bringing their, their families, we're running out of space. Um, we're running out of space in the worship center. We're running out of parking space. Um, I know here in Jennings, we just added a fourth service to try to help with that. But of course, another thing is we're, we need more parking. So I know for Legacy for Jennings, um, we're going to be adding more parking. And then on top of that, of course, uh, just upgrading our facilities and our connections building and here. And so excited for that. But what gets me really excited is what just happened last year in Jennings is I believe is going to happen in Eunice this year because the legacy project for Eunice this year is we're going to be building a new kids facility. Uh, we got a building donated to us um, and moved on to our property, which was a God thing in Absolutely. and of itself. And now we're believing for us to build that to create more space for more kids to meet Jesus yet again. And so the same thing that God did here in Jennings, we're believing the same thing is going to happen right there in Eunice as they create more space for kids to find their calling and find the purpose of God for That's their awesome. life. And then just thinking about Crowley. I mean, Come on, Crowley Come on. is just celebrated five years. Wow. So we are five years into Crowley and God's doing so much. That is our only campus that has been portable though. And so from the Rice Theater to different buildings to now being in the cinema and just to think that every Sunday dedicated faithful people go and set up every Sunday to create the cinema to be a place for people to encounter Jesus is is so powerful already in and of itself. So for Crowley this year, we are going to strategically start raising funds just to be ready for when something comes available. Just I know, I know switch. Yeah, we've been knocking on doors and we've been talking to oh people and we've been looking everywhere. And we're just, we're waiting for God to open that door. And we know that God's going to open that door. And, and our heart is to see Crowley get a home. Yeah, you and I have so. talked about that quite a bit. And look, we've gone to buildings, we've talked to people, landowners, everything else. So really, Crowley, let me, let me just say this. Keep praying. We believe yeah. that God's just going to provide not just the place, but the place. Yeah, absolutely. We believe God can will provide, absolutely. but it's going to take everyone. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of Legacy is we get to go on a journey together. Everyone does. Everyone has value. Everyone has a part to play. And when everyone plays their part, we see God do the impossible. I think of I think of Ephesians three twenty. Now, him to who, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And so thinking like God does the the unimaginable. 
He does the miraculous, but he does it through us. Yeah. And so we are the instruments that he uses. And so we're thinking hands. as we go. Exactly. We're the feet. We're the, we're the mouthpiece. We're Absolutely. That. We have to see with our eyes. And so that's what we're asking for you as we go into this legacy series is for you to be praying and for you to be asking God. That's all we're actually asking. You ask God what he wants you to do, and then you just do it. Because we are, we're an everyone church, and so we want everyone to be a part of the vision of what God is doing through OSC to reach more people and to build more lives. Yeah, I believe the most important thing is that people realize that God wants to give you eyes to see. It means I'm praying that God give you Jesus contact lenses to see the need of this community, of this region, how people need Jesus. That God wants to be use our hands not only to lift people up, but also to, to bless and to be a part of investing in what God has for the future for every one of us. And then through all that, I believe this, it always happens, expect the unexpected. God just does incredible things when we are willing to step out of the boat and we're willing to walk in the journey God's called us to. And so I'm excited about what God has for us in the future. Hey, LSC family, we're so excited to have you on this journey with us. And as we said, we are an everyone church. And so thank you for doing your part to help us continue to reach people and build lives. Come on, LSC. Just to let you know before we do anything, you need to mark it on your calendar. On November 24th, we're going to have a, a just passing the baton service. It's going to be at 5 o'clock, and we want to invite everybody to be there. Can you be there? <laughs> okay, seven people. All right. We need you to be there. But, you know, you know when, when I think about this and, you know, the, over the time, you know, what we're doing is, you know, Pastor Josh and Lindsay have really been carrying the torch for about a year. And really what being the senior pastor means is you take on the burden, the weight, decisions, seeing in the future where God's called us to go, what direction. I can remember moments when we needed more land standing there and Mr. Sonia and he was playing with his cows. And I go, Mr. Sonia, you think you ever sell your land? And he goes, and he had a big old chaw and he goes, and it dripped right there. And, goes, <laughs> and I'll just tell you what he said, hell no. That's what he told me. He said a few other adjectives before that. And I just said, well, God, and I remember, this is what I did. I used to sneak on his property. No, this, I, I promise. The Lord told me, he said, Bubba, I want you to take your shoes off, and I want you to walk around that property, and I want you to feel what I'm going to give you. And then Josh and, and Lizzie were doing the, the after the school things, after the baseball games, I mean, baseball, football, football games, and um, I went there and we'd have like, he'd have like 800 kids coming. It's crazy. And I went over to their house and, and I go, hey, we're going to start that Friday Night Live again. And they looked at us and his wife goes, Bubba, why don't y'all just buy this from us? And I said, don't you tell me that. I'll get it. And so long story short, we bought it. And that's what became the property that we have. And so I just know this, that, you know, for, for me and Tracy, what a privilege that we've had Josh and Lindsay be with us for not many churches have that privilege. You know, unhealthy churches are like this. Well, we got to find somebody. 
We got somebody can preach, but we, they come to a place where they don't know the people. And the privilege that you have is that we know you. And you know us. And I promise you, Tracy and I made a commitment years ago. We'd never quit on the same day. <laughs> and I know that's Josh and Lindsay's commitment. Come on up here, Lindsay. Come on, y'all give a hand for Lindsay. And this is what I want you to know. You know, sometimes, you know, the wife is always behind the scene. And the, the crazy thing that we have at our Savior's Church, all the pastors have beautiful wives. Come on, Esther. We just do. We're blessed. And, you know, a lot of times people don't realize the pressure that a, a pastor's wife's under. And then Josh may be on the forefront and she's going to be on the forefront for the women and stuff. But then she's raised, they're raising three boys, too. Come on. <laughs> And also just ministering to women and, and, you know, just the burden of those things. And I just ask you to do this because see what happens when you pass the baton. You, it's like you put a weight. But I know that they're prepared for that weight. Does that make sense? And, and see, for all of you, you know, it's like I'm not going anywhere. Let me just say that I'm not like the old goat and they're sending me out in the field. They're going to shoot me. You know what I mean? Get him out there. You know, I mean, I hurt him up. You know what I mean? I'm still here. I'm going to, I'm their pastor. I'm the pastor's pastors. And, you know, and it's like, I, I looked at my wife one day. I said, you know, I said, I looked at her. I said, you know, we, we knew what we were doing. I just, you know what? I just get to be a Christian again. Praise God. No, you know, I'm just, I'm teasing. I've always been anyway. But it's like some of that weight has been lifted off. Does it, you understand what I'm saying? And then we can go in our days and get perspective. Because that's what grandparents do. They just get perspective. I'm not telling them what to do. If they come to us and go, well, yeah, sounds good. Let's pray about it. I think that's a great decision. You know, are you hearing me? And, and the sad thing is, listen to me, many churches in America, pastors don't have pastors. And the privilege that I've been able to have, I have Pastor Jacob, Pastor Jim, Pastor Cletty in my life, and those are still the same overseers that they have. And so I just want you to know you're in good hands. How many of you believe that? Come on. And You can be seated. <laughs> and that's very humbling, mm. I know, for Josh and Lindsay. And, and uh, you're in great hands. And, and I'm the biggest cheerleader. And the thing is, like I shared in the video, Tracy and I get to do some traveling, get to minister. I've, I've been doing that. I've gotten to do that some more. I have invites. And I'm even asking Pastor Josh, do I need to be here for that weekend? Do I need to go? Go, man of God, go. And so uh, what a privilege. And, you know, 20 years ago when we started, we saw you. We saw you. Hmm. You weren't there yet, but we saw you. And we saw what God has. And the vision's not dead. It lives on. And, you know, we're going to plant more churches. We're going to raise up more leaders. We're going to see this region change for Jesus. Amen? Amen. And it's going to be under the leadership of Pastor Josh and Lindsay and I just get the privilege of watching and going, come on, 
That's it. That's my son in the Lord. Amen? Mm. And so, uh, PJ. Thank you, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on. Just... Lindsay, you want to say anything? We don't, I don't want to put you on the spot. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say something. It's definitely an honor and a privilege to, um, to lead and to have that position. It's humbling, and um, we don't take it lightly. And so we love each and every one of you. And um, just, yes. Thank you for being our family. Oh, awesome. Hey, y'all give it up for Pastor Bubba. You know, 20 years ago, when all of this began, Pastor Bubba saw this before we saw this, and uh, Miss Tracy and their family. And so, uh, Pastor Bubba, thank you for not quitting. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for loving people well. Nobody loves people better than Pastor Bubba does. Um, So, it's true. I tolerate people. He loves people. Um, I'm getting there. I'm getting the Father's heart. Um, But him and Miss Tracy have loved well. And, you know, one of the greatest things when you receive a baton is I don't receive it when it's at its deficit. I receive it when it's at its best which that speaks more to him than it does to me. Um, it speaks more to Pastor Bob and Ms. Tracy, and, and it's a joy. Our passion for reaching people and building lives is staying the same, and it's not changing one bit. If anything, we're, we are just more full of faith for this next season, because I believe God was just paving the trail for us where we're about to go as a church. I believe our greatest days are ahead. The best is yet to come, and uh, thank you, Pastor Bubba, for doing that. I want to close today, because I still have to preach. (laughs) I want to close today with four thoughts when it comes to God's vision for your life. There are four things that you and I have to do in order to fully see all that God has for us. And I want to share those with you. Number one is it takes faith. It takes faith. You've got to see it. Some of you, God's put some things in your heart and, 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 and you can see it, but it's not there yet, but you can see it. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter four, I tell you to open up your eyes and look at the fields for they are ripe for harvest. He was, he was telling them, hey, you, you gotta see this. You gotta see this. You, you can't have anything that you can't see. You, you, got, you gotta see it. Second thing it takes is it takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice, and you've got to choose that. You've got to choose it. All of the people that we just shared uh, at the beginning of this message, Martin, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., come on, how many know it took some sacrifice for him to stand up and do what he did? It took sacrifice. It took sacrifice. You look all throughout Scripture, men and women who, who changed history, it took sacrifice. For Pastor Bubba, Miss Tracy, and their family, it took a sacrifice. For us to plan another campus, it took sacrifice. For us to continue to do what God's calling us to do, it takes sacrifice. And it takes sacrifice from all of, that, all of us. And I'm going to tell you one of the things that you'll never hear a legacy person say. Legacy people don't think of convenience. Legacy people understand that you have to be inconvenienced to really leave a legacy. 
you've got to be inconvenienced. You've got to be okay with sacrificing whatever it is. I think of the the story of the Good Samaritan. Dr. Martin Luther King actually said it this way. He said, the story of the priests and the Levites who passed by the Samaritan asked the question, what will happen to me if we stop and help him? He said they asked the wrong question. What they should have asked is, what will happen to this guy if we don't stop? And that is the story, and I hope will continue to be the story of our church, uh, is what's going to happen to Jennings, to Crowley, to Eunice, and to future cities if we don't step up and do what God's called us to do. It's going to take sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. But it also takes generosity. It takes generosity, number three. And we have to give that. Anything that has a vision also comes with a generosity of people. Proverbs, I mean, Psalms chapter 112, this is verse 9. So we read 4 through 8, but the end of that, of that chapter, he says this, they share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be what? They're going to be remembered forever, and they will have influence and, and honor. They're going to have influence and honor. I love what John Maxwell, he says it this way, everyone that passes through life takes something and leaves something, just be sure to leave more than you take. Just to be sure that we're going to be a people that leave more than we take. Because the goal isn't to live on earth forever. Come on, how many know it's to leave something that does? It's to leave something that does. And so as we shared in the video, legacy for us, it's one time in 12 months over the course of a year where we come to you as a church and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to do something big. It's going to take us to sacrifice monetarily to make it happen. Last year was the kids building and hey, online streaming. Come on, Facebook, are you glad we're online? That was because of legacy last year. Um, That was because of that. Um, And so this year, of course, in Jennings, we're gonna finish out the parking. We've started all of the prep work for it. But now we're going to finish it out, and, we're going to, and then we're going to begin to make some expansions around here to just help enhance this facility. But this year, a lot of our attention, of course, is here to help us get stuff to go on, but it's geared to Eunice and Crowley more than ever before, because Eunice is in a position right now where we were last year. They need kid space. So as you saw in the video, they had a new building, and so Pastor Jamie and them are doing a phenomenal job reaching a lot of young families, and so we're going to believe what God did here to build our kids' building. Come on, how many know he's going to do in Eunice to help build their kids' building? And then in Crowley, the same. Crowley's been our only portable campus, and so we're believing God for a house. We're believing him for a home. I believe 2020 is going to be a year Crowley gets their home. I believe it. I believe it wholeheartedly with all my heart. I believe it's going to happen. So, so here's the God gap. Let me show you where we're at, and so you can know how to pray with us. Our God gap is 250000 100000 for Jennings, 100000 for Eunice, and 50000 for Crowley. And we're, we're asking you to pray. As I said, this is the only time the entire year that we make the ask. You'll never hear us ask again after this, but this is the time where we get to pray and ask God what he wants us to do to be a part of it. Here's the really cool thing. Last year, Jennings was the only campus who did Legacy. Crowley and Eunice didn't do it. And just with Jennings, last year we raised $200,000 just in Jennings. Can you imagine what we can do now that we're adding two more campuses? I believe this number's small. I believe God can actually do more than this, which how many believe if he can do more than this, we can do more things. And so we're asking you to pray. November 17th, you can go ahead and write that on your card if you want. In two Sundays from now, November 17th is going to be our legacy offering, and it's going to be your opportunity to bring whatever biggest gift that you feel like God's called you to give. And you say, well, I, can't, I, I know I can't do much then. That's fine. You can, you can give it throughout the year. Um, I gave my legacy throughout the entire, this whole entire year. Um, I, I did it just every week. I gave a little bit. 
And it was amazing how it added up. I went back and looked at how much I gave. I was blown away. But it was just small bits over every week that I did. You can do that as well. But all we ask you to do is pray. I, we never want you to feel pressure. That's why we're telling you now, so you got two weeks to pray and prepare. We never want it to be an emotional plea. We want you to really pray about it. But let me give you number four, because this is the fourth thing that, this is the biggest part of this whole th- understanding of God's vision, is it takes urgency. That you gotta do it today. There are two things that you will never get back. Everybody listen to me on this. Two things you'll never get back. Spoken words and missed opportunities. You'll never get either one of those back. However much you want to, you'll never get it back. I think of it like uh, I love watching football, and I think about it like when a running back, when when they hike that ball, that O-line opens the door for that running back to run through it. If he doesn't run through it right then, he ain't running through it anymore because that thing's closing. And I think about that, that God opens doors for us, and we better be ready to run. Because as soon as it opens, you better run. If not, it's closing. And that's what legacy is for us. It's an opportunity where God opens a door for us. I believe that's going to happen in Crowley. God's going to open a door for us to get a building, and we're going to get it. We're going to jump on it because we're going to be ready. Same thing in Eunice and the same thing here in Jennings is we're going to be ready. I love what Ephesians 5 says. Be very careful how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every what? every opportunity, making the most of every opportunity. We have a tendency as people to over-exaggerate yesterday, to underestimate, or to overestimate tomorrow, and underestimate today. Today matters. Now matters. And so here's, here's your last line, if you want to write this down. We're going to make a commitment as a church that we're going to live as if this is the day that will be remembered. This is the day that would be remembered. You're never promised tomorrow. You never promised next week or next month. So we're going to make a challenge as a church to just be a church that we're going to live as today is the day that God's called us. Now, I want to tell you why I, I believe legacy is so important, and then we're going, to, we're going to wrap up. I believe legacy is so important because I also believe that heaven and hell are real. And I believe that people really go to those places. And I don't know about y'all. I want to be a church that overly populates heaven and plunders hell. I want to make sure that every person in Jeff Davis Parish, Acadia Parish, and St. Landry Parish hears about the incredible gospel that Jesus saves and Jesus lives and Jesus heals. And you and I have an opportunity to do that. And I want to show you the power of this. If you've gotten saved at OSC within the last year, I want you to stand up. If you've gotten saved at OSC within the last year, I want you to stand up. Look at this. Look at this. Hold on. If you got saved at OSC within the last, stay standing. In the last two years, stand up. If you got saved at OSC, no, keep standing. If you're in the one year, stand. In the last two years, stand. In the last three years, stand. In the last four years, stand. In the last five years, stand. Hey, you want to know what legacy is? That is legacy. This is legacy. This is why we do what we do. You can be seated. I want you to hear me closely. Jesus saved my soul, but the church saved my life. You don't know why I'm here 20 years? You know why I stayed with Pastor Bubba for 20 years? Not because I found a great church. I found a great family. I'm so honored to do this. 
And I want to see more and more of those people standing every week. More and more and more and more. Is anybody with me? We're going to be good. We're going to do this as a church. So Father, right now, in this moment, God, we want to be a church that doesn't make a name for ourselves. We want to make a difference. We want to make a difference. And God, I thank you for every single person that just stood, that over these last five years, God has said yes to you. God, I thank you that what you have begun in this church, you will continue to see to completion. That God, that the vision from the very beginning of seeing people reached, knowing Christ, but God, building lives. God, that it's not just about us coming to Christ, but it's us making a difference together. God, I thank you, Lord, that our best days are still ahead. And God, I pray right now, Lord, for every person that's here. God, I pray that for dreams and visions that have, may have fallen to the wayside or maybe have, have died over the years because of life or because of situations, I pray that over the next coming weeks you would resurrect that within them. God, I pray that we would begin to dream again. God, I pray that we would begin to believe again. God, I pray that we begin to ask again. God, I thank you, Lord, that every person in here, you've called them, you've appointed them, and you've anointed them. God, I pray, Lord, for every person that's in here that may, does not know you. If you're here in this room, and you're like, man, I, I, I want a vision. I, I, I don't know what God's vision is for me. God's vision, first and foremost, is for you to know him, to know him personally to know him relationally, to know him intimately. He knows you. He loves you enough that he came, lived a life that you and I couldn't live. He lived perfection. And he took our sin and our shame and our guilt and he bore it on his back on the cross. But he rose again to give you new life. Just as we shared a minute ago, these people who stood are people who've experienced new life in Christ. God doesn't want to change you from the outside in. He wants to change you from the inside out. And it starts with surrender. And if you're here in this place and you go, Pastor Josh, I, I want that. I know I need that. I recognize that apart from Christ, my life doesn't matter. But with Christ, with Christ, everything's made new. If you're here today, he can wipe the past he can give you a new start. And on the count of three, if you're here in this room, you say, that's me. I want to know Christ like that. I want you just to raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you going up all across this room, come on, hands going up all across this room. Go ahead, hold that up. Hold that high. This is your moment. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Come on, heaven is being populated at this moment. 17, 18, praise God. Anybody else? Come on, you can put your hands down right there. And all 18 of you, we're going to pray right alongside with you as a church family. Come on, I want you to say this from the bottom of your heart. I want you to say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and living a life that I couldn't live. And you died a death that I should have died. You paid for my sins, my shame, and my guilt. And you rose again to give me new life. Today, I surrender my life to you. 
to be born again. I turn from my sins and I put my faith in you. God be my father. Jesus be my savior. Holy Spirit be my helper. And heaven today is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.